and we host Geek in the Streets. A podcast where we share knowledge with each other on different geek and nerd topics. So join us for the conversation. Starting now. Welcome to Geek in the Streets. I'm Ian. And I'm Arielle. And this is a podcast for the geek and the nerd subjects you love as if you are part of the conversation. And Arielle, what are we talking about today? Today we're going to talk about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that was released by Marvel on Disney Plus recently. A holiday special? I wonder what the impetus for that was. Yeah, well, you know, they're doing those short specials. We didn't talk about Werewolf by Night this year, but that was a great one too. So they're kind of starting to release these short special releases, probably so they can increase their content, which is already very, very high. Yeah, I also feel like these are a little bit more experimental in tone. Mm -hmm. They don't really match up to the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so that could be a reason, too. Yeah, so it was just a kind of short special. It was only 41 minutes long, written and directed by James Gunn, of course. Uh, I've heard that he pitched the idea while on the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 set, and he wrote the whole thing. He pitched it to Kevin Feige, and he wrote the whole thing in two days. Wow, he must have been passionate about that. Yeah, so um, let's see. It is obviously featuring the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not going to go through all the actors and characters. If you'd like to know those, if you don't, please refer back to our Guardians of the Galaxy podcast. See, we are like all other content creators. Instead of creating something new, we just refer you to something else. Yeah, Um, but we do have some extras. We have... Uh, Kevin Bacon as Kevin Bacon, and we do hear from his wife as well. And then Maria Bakalova as Cosmo the dog, which I thought was Cosmo the space dog, but it is credited as Cosmo the dog. Okay. Well, I think either way you get the point across. Yeah. And then there's a lot more too, like there's that band and stuff like that. Um, I do have some fun Easter eggs uh, that can kind of... You know, that we noticed when we watched the movie. I guess maybe do you want to start with like a brief synopsis, though? Sure. I think it's very much in the vein of a holiday slash Christmas movie, which to me, there's always something that they're chasing, right? If it's Christmas vacation, they're chasing the perfect holiday. If it's um, Home Alone, he's kind of chasing his uh, family. but His His need to kill people. And his need to satiate his (laughs) bloodlust. And, you know, and, and things of that nature, right? Um, So in this, they're chasing the idea of Peter Quill. The idea for Christmas has been ruined forever uh, by Yondu for a young Peter Quill. And so they come up with this idea of let's try to get what Peter would want the most for Christmas. Well, and he's sad because Gamora is gone. Right. And that's the subtext too. So they're essentially trying to cheer him up. So what they're chasing is Peter's happiness. But of course, it ensues uh, in actual chases when they come up with this idea of What he would really like is Kevin Bacon, because Mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon saved a whole town by dancing. Yeah. Right? Kevin Bacon is a hero. Yeah, he's a hero. So um, uh, Mantis and Drax specifically hop in a spaceship. They fly to Earth, and they start looking for Kevin Bacon. Um, They hijinks ensue, I'll say. They find Kevin Bacon. They go to his house. And they essentially kidnap him, right? But in their mind, they're not kidnapping him. And along the way, there's chase scenes. They fight with the cops. They club with each other, you know, all sorts of funny things. And then uh, they get uh, Kevin Bacon on the spaceship. And as they're on the spaceship, what happens there? What? What happens on the spaceship? They realize something about Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon reveals that he's an actor. Yeah, and not, that actually... Yeah, I, that's a really funny scene. I think that's a funny scene, and Kevin Bacon plays it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get back to 
uh, the planet that they're on, and they meet nowhere, up. Nowhere, babe. Nowhere. They get back to nowhere. See, <laughs> the audience would not understand that. <laughs> and they essentially present Kevin Bacon to Star-Lord, and Star-Lord instantly goes, wait a second, did you just kidnap this guy? And so he's obviously, the message did not translate very well. I mean, we're talking about Mantis and Drax. They're the most tone-deaf people in the entire Marvel Universe, right? So, of course, they didn't get it right. But they do realize that, you know, they were, or Peter does realize they were trying to do something nice. And then at the end of the day, he also finds out that Mantis, one of the subplots for this, was that she wanted to do something special for Peter because she found out that, or she always knew that he was her brother and she wasn't sure how he was going to take it. And in a very holiday special scene, um, when Peter Quill finds out that Mantis is his sister and she's scared to tell him, he's thrilled and yeah. he's very happy and he hugs her and he's joyous. Yeah. Well, I'm going to argue with you that the real what they're trying to find is those who don't live on Earth or are not from Earth are trying to find the meaning of Christmas. There's a whole song about what does Christmas mean, so I'm going to argue with you about that. Uh, I feel like that's the Shankarian analysis of Christmas films because they're all about the meaning of Christmas. Okay. Well, what's a whatever analysis that you just said? Oh, it's a graphical representation of music where they like draw it down to lines basically and everything ends up being like 5-1. So it's not, it's somewhat useful, but it's like gestural. Okay. Well, you want to take a quick break and then we can get into some Easter eggs? Let's do it. Even though it's a Christmas special? Merry Christmas. And happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. Yeah. The Geek in the Streets podcast is supported by the Geek in the Streets podcast. And listeners like you. Well, not yet. And we are back with some crazy Christmas eggs or holiday eggs or what do you call them? Easter eggs. So uh, some of these we came up with ourselves and some we consulted the internet on. So let's hear it. Um, one thing I kind of noticed too when I watched this isn't really an Easter egg is, you know, the story opens, which is kind of cool, that old school animation that it opens with. Ian, you said that as a nod to the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. Which, which I think half of this whole thing was prompted by probably i mean james gunn seems like the type who would do that interestingly enough it is seth green's company called stupid brothers studio that did the animation in the beginning so do they spell it with two o's they do both of the u's that should be there anyway so but you know they open with this backstory about yondu and how when peter was a kid he wanted to celebrate christmas and yondu was like that's dumb and then you find out at the end uh, Quill says, well, Yon- he didn't tell you the whole story because then Yondu was like really happy and and kept the toy that Peter Quill gave him, which apparently that started his collection of trinkets that Yondu had. But what I think about that is it kind of ruins that character arc for Yondu. Because, I was just going to ask that. Yeah, because at the end of, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, there's that really poignant scene where Yondu gives up his life for Peter, and we find out that he loved Peter all along, and he is, you know, Peter's, quote, real father. But why that was so pivotal is he's treated Peter bad his whole life. Like, according to Peter, he was never nice to him. So it doesn't make sense that they'd have this one touching story, you know? Right. If you had, like, Christmases along the way, you'd be like, what's the point of, uh, you know, 
Why were you? Why did you say he was never good to you? And why did you portray him as never good to you if you had Christmases every so often? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, um, moving on. Co- I'll, let, I'll let it slide though. Okay, Cosmo the space dog is introduced uh, in this. I mean, we've seen Cosmo, but I don't think we've heard Cosmo speak. No. And Cosmo is on the Gardens of the Galaxy ride at Disneyland California Adventure. But um, Cosmo is in the comics. I believe Cosmo is a male dog. Um, mm-hmm. They. James Gunn decided to kind of gender bend Cosmo into a female Russian dog um, based on Laika, the real life first dog in space, which is a horribly sad story. Tell the story a little bit. No, it's so sad. So, you know, Laika is this dog. uh, She was a stray dog that in Russia, they put her in a spacecraft and sent her into space um, to test if space travel. travel or whatever was was safe for humans i think she was even before like the chimpanzees and things like that Mm -hmm. um and it's kind of awful because they just sent her up there with some food and then she died she died on the way back yeah it was pretty awful they like strapped her down and like or maybe put her in a cage. i don't know i just as a veterinarian and as i get it not kind of but not really i don't know it's it's a hard it's a tough pill to swallow yeah 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 tough pill to swallow um, anyways, so the Christmas song that the band sings at the beginning uh, was written by James Gunn, which didn't know he wrote music. Interesting. The yeah. lyrics are he pretty funny. He has a funny. band, I think. He does? Yeah, like a full He's band. He's not singing it, but... He's not, but I think he has his own band. Um, and now we get introduced to like the next stage of Groot. I think... He's not quite teenage Groot anymore. Maybe he's like late teens, early 20s Groot. Uh, I don't like that character design. And I love baby Groot. And I think original Groot was pretty cool. I mean, they're different characters. I know that. But I don't like this character design for him. He, I don't like him. He's too meaty, but then he's got a baby head. Still. Yeah, I think it's... It's sp- like they're trying to capitalize on the cuteness of baby Groot. No, I think what it was is like, you know, when um, a teenager first joins like football or something like that, you know, in your late teens and you start taking like athleticism seriously and you're like angry at the world you kind of uh you know buff up but you got this tiny head because you're still just a kid you know i don't like it yeah okay so moving on we're introduced to the next of the guardians of the galaxy ships um you know peter's first ship that we met was the milano after After Alyssa milano uh and then the benatar after pat benatar now we get the bowie after david bowie yeah, and then this comes from New Rock Stars on YouTube. I know I'm breaking my own rule there, but For apparently... New Rock Stars, you always break it. I know, well, because they're so good. And we're not anywhere near in competition with them, so it's okay. Um, so the part when Drax and Mantis go onto the Hollywood Walk of Flame... The, Look of Flame? <laughs> the Hollywood Walk of Fame... Um, the, all the posters in the background are for Kingo from Eternals... Uh, characters movies i never would have called yeah i never i don't look that closely to the background um i did wonder what the movie that kevin bacon was watching in his house was called and that is apparently a real movie called santa claus conquers the martians um i thought this was interesting i totally forgot that kevin bacon was in the x-men movies he's in one of the like prequel ones right yeah he's in x-men first class he's sebastian shaw What's that? Who's that? Uh, Sebastian Shaw is the leader of the Hellfire Club, and he gets stronger as he absorbs kinetic energy. So mm. if like you hit him and stuff, he gets stronger, and he can hit you back with more force and rechannel it. But I wanted to back up and say, I was just thinking about, you know, the Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, the fact that 
uh, Kevin Bacon is watching some ridiculous Santa Claus movie. Mm-hmm. Did you get any Scrooged Bill Murray vibes? You know how that movie starts out mm. with that like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, so him being in an X Men movie and they're saying he's an actor. Does that mean that in the Marvel universe, the Sony movies exist? Or you mean the Fox movies? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, Fox Maybe. movies. Maybe. Yeah. Good question. Because, yeah, yeah if Kevin Bacon... Yeah, I did not think Because also they've already hinted at that, you know, they had Quicksilver, but it was the wrong Quicksilver. And then they kind of... So it's like, are these all actors? Uh, it's just, you know... Well, what we really need to know is when Leo DiCaprio spins that top, does it wobble or no? Wrong movie. Okay. Um. So Quill also yells at them to say, like, you know, you abducted Kevin Bacon, and that is human trafficking. And, you know, Quill was also abducted as a child, so that makes sense that he would be sensitive about that. I mean, you should be sensitive about human trafficking regardless, but why it struck an extra nerve with yeah, him. Yeah, because he was part of that. And then there's a pretty good... Uh, cameo? Cameo in this that I got excited for, and I know you did too. Ian, what is it? Mark Hamill, our buddy. Mark Hamill's in the background drinking some booze at a space bar. I'm guessing that was probably a nod even more to the Star Wars special. That's what I was just going to say. We mentioned at the beginning this was probably inspired by the Star Wars special. Nothing like James Gunn putting an uncredited Mark Hamill in there. Yeah. To show you that, yes, you are all right. You are right. Yeah. And then one of the... uh, So then we see the gift exchange and uh, Nebula gives um, Rocket (laughs) Bucky's arm, which is, of course, Marvel likes to layer those jokes over and over again, you know? So that's great. Um, I read a tweet from James Gunn or a tweet about James Gunn that he said somewhere, because someone said, how did she get the arm? And he's in his Bucky okay. And he said that Nebula knew that Rocket wanted it, so she went to Earth, got it, and came back there we go she should have just hitched a ride with drax and mantis but here's the thing uh nebula going to get bucky's arm is not nearly as entertaining from a comedic perspective because she's a very competent person yeah I would the just thing be about like, mantis and drax is together they're pretty incompetent yeah uh and then ian do you want to say the thing about groot's gift to everyone which oh, i didn't i thought that was cheesy but okay to me groot's gifts to everyone which were different scenes from the special done in like a clay uh, maquette style uh, was very much a nod to the old Christmas specials like Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph, Rudolph. the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought I caught, too, is when they show the presents in the animated uh, series part, um, they said one was to Taserface, but his name was not Taserface back then. He had a different name. Remember, he adopted he, the name Taserface in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That is actually quite a misstep. Yeah, so that doesn't make Taser sense. He wasn't Taserface until that scene. And that actor is friends with uh, your brother-in-law. That's true. Yeah, uh, or was in college. And then... Um, I just hope, because they said at the end when they were making Groot a Christmas tree, which was cute, uh, Rocket said, now we're going to have to do another one of these. And I kind of hope they continue making the special presentations because so far, (laughs) I think the last two they have put out, this one and um, Werewolf by Night, are two of the most entertaining things that Marvel has put out in Phase 4, minus Spider-Man No Way Home. Okay, so I think that moves us into the thoughts and feelings section. Oh, yeah, that was a good transition. How do you feel about the Guardians of the Galaxy? galaxy holiday special so i liked it i thought it was entertaining it was um everything you kind of want in a holiday special it was feel good it made you nostalgic for the characters and for christmas uh, and the holidays i should say um holiday movies and we're gonna do a special coming up of our own uh, that was influenced by by the, watching this special you know holiday movies i think a big thing they do are capitalize on nostalgia it's uh, 
the holidays are a time to feel nostalgic and to feel warmth for your friends and your family. And so when you look at a holiday special, you know, you want something just sit down, fun, start to finish that, you know, makes you feel good. You don't want like a deep thinker, in my opinion. You know, you want just a feel-good, happy movie. And that's what this was. It was just fun from start to finish. Um, It wasn't too long. It wasn't patting itself on the back. Um, I liked it. Yeah, so I will say that when we were first starting it, what did we watch right before this? Because we didn't really love... Oh, Disenchanted, right? Oh, of Disney stuff? Yeah. Yeah. We had just watched Disenchanted, and to be honest, uh, to quote Emily Blunt, it left me cold, right? I didn't feel like Disenchanted. Don't ever quote Emily Blunt on this. (laughs) It, it, I, I was like, oh, that wasn't great. And so when we were starting this, I think I still had a chip on my shoulder from that movie. And I didn't love the idea that we were going to follow Drax and Mantis. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have picked those two, but it worked, honestly. Be, well, that, that's what I'm getting to is like, because I'm like, okay, nothing consequential can happen with these two characters because they're both dumb, right? And they're, they're dumb. Not dumb. Well, they're dumb together, yeah. especially because, again, like I said, uh, you know, Drax and his inability to read tone and same with Mantis. It would go over his head. Uh, nothing would because he would catch it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that kind of thing. And so I was like, the second that they peeled off and they said, we're going to do a Drax Mantis story, I was not thrilled. But then once it started going, I, I started warming up to the idea. And when we got into the full-blown chase scenes with uh, Kevin Bacon and all that, it started getting funny. I do think, though, however... Um, Drax, they definitely just always lean into his comedy now. His big thing to me has become point and laugh. Yeah. You know? Yeah. and uh, He's so, not as serious as he used to be. Which, actually, I saw Dave Bautista mention that in a recent interview. He said because Drax's humor had become so popular, he feels like the character went off his original destination, mm-hmm. which was the Thanos destroyer. His whole mission was to kill Thanos and they've gone completely away from that. I think a lot of Marvel actors are kind of over the comedy being the only thing, just like we said we were. I mean, Chris Hemsworth has come out to say that. I think everyone kind of wants a little more seriousness to some of their, not everyone, but a lot of them want a little bit more seriousness to their characters. Absolutely. And I didn't mean to turn this into a critique of the holiday special because I actually think in this case, with this type of presentation... Absolutely works. And that's what I was works. I was trying to get to that to where I actually warmed up to it and thought it was very heartwarming and funny and served as a great Christmas special. But going back to what you were saying is I do think Marvel needs to back off from making everything a comedy. It's gotten it's too comedic. You we know need what stakes. I think was interesting, um, and I think we've kind of mentioned that we're we, we love Marvel, obviously and in yep. Disney, but we are a little bit of that fatigued and I I'm going to get this slightly wrong, but in the last two years, I believe they've put out 19 different projects in, in Disney Plus and the MCU, um, both the the series and movies, um, and that's been phase four, you know, the last two years. And the whole Infinity Saga, I believe, and I should know this because we did a podcast, is either 22 or 23 films over like 11 years, isn't it? Yeah. So So it's kind of nuts when you look at those numbers. Yeah. And I think there is a place for everything, but um, it's getting a little more one note than I think it should be. It's funny because I used to say like more Marvel and I would be like, oh my God, we have to wait a whole nother year till a Marvel thing. But now I'm like, I don't know. There's been a couple that I've even skipped, you know, Um, not movies, but series that I've skipped. And I'm like, maybe we do need to. And I've heard that um, 
Kevin Feige is kind of rethinking five and six, phase five and six. Quality over quantity, which I think is great. So going back to these special presentations, I actually think these fit very well Mm -hmm. with that mentality, quality over quantity. And you can do these fun little side projects. Right. What if they made this into a Disney Plus show? You would have six episodes of fluff to tell the same story. Yeah. Right. Whereas in this, you get this kind of charming idea. Well, what if, you know, Drax and Mantis went on this little quest to do something dumb for Peter and Peter didn't like it and all these things. That's a funny to tell in a short form and just get it out of the way. It doesn't need to be part of a movie. doesn't need to be part of a show. But there is some merit in telling that story. Just like in Werewolf by Night, which we do eventually need to do a podcast Oh, on. well, we're going to do it next year because we're going to do Werewolf during um, Halloween. There we go. Um, that I thought there was a lot of merit to that one, too. It was, you know, kind of experimenting with the Universal movies uh, Honestly, style. Honestly, that one was so fun. Yeah. And so this short form special presentation, I would say for me, so far stronger than doing multiple Disney yeah, Plus shows. I agree. I agree. Um, so another thing we should mention because it dropped this week and I'm sure the timing was on purpose is the trailer. We finally got a trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which I believe is coming out in May, March, one of those M months that I always mix up. Um, so we got a trailer. Do you want to talk about it for a second? Um, it it looks, it looks pretty heavy. I am going to go ahead and put on record. I think that rocket is dead. Um, okay. Someone, I think, Drax is going to die. You think Drax? Uh-huh. I think Rocket. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll see. Um, we also finally get a good look at uh, an official look at Adam Warlock, played by Will Poulter. Um, you and I have been a little hesitant about that. Um, I think he's got the hopefully got the chops. I don't like the character design so far. I don't like the way that the the stone is in his head. It looks weird. I mean, I'm sure there's. I mean, it's not. A, there's probably no great way to do it, but like visions looked a little more natural. I mean, visions a machine. I get that. Well, they did that thing, but where it looks like he, someone bit, smudged it onto his forehead. Yeah, it's like embedded, and then the skin is folded around. Yeah, I don't like thing. that look. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, and then he looks like he's just spray painted gold, which I mean, he is, but like it doesn't look good. And I don't get why he's got a techie costume. Oh, and his hair. You know, he doesn't like. Um, I've said this every time we've talked about um, Adam Morlock, but he's got that gorgeous flowing. Nikolai Walder Costo, hair to say in it. Um, uh, and they gave him like a 2000, like 2020s haircut. You know, I don't, I don't really, I don't like that. Yeah, he needs the 70s bush, like floppy hair. Maybe that guy's face can, I don't know. Well, you know, I it's think. It's a hard look to pull off unless yeah. you're Sean Hunter. Yeah, I think um, Sean Hunter. Wow, Boy Meets World reference. <laughs> uh, I think in terms of the character design of him, um, they're definitely hearkening to the more recent interpretations that were not Jim Starlin of Adam Warlock that were more in the Guardians of the Galaxy series. I can tell by what little we've seen, they're basing it off what I'm going to call his lightning bolt costume thing, where it's the double lightning bolts lightning coming bolt up. Lightning bolt costume thing. Okay. I know, it's not great. But it's like the two lightning bolts that start in the center of the chest and kind of go out, mm. but no cape. No staff, you know, not not. He playing. lost his cool seventies vibe. Yeah, and that is not my favorite interpretation. And in fact, I think uh, it would have been stronger to go the other direction. And you just said it. What I always say about Marvel stuff is: Do we need to have a techie costume? Does on everyone need to be in the same costume? Basically, character? Yeah. yeah. Like I always say, for a character, let's say Superman, you don't need to put him in a techie costume because the man's invulnerable. He'd be yeah. like, "I'm going to dress in comfortable clothing because." Bullets b- bounce off of me. And Do you think Adam you would Warlock, wear like jaggers nowadays? <laughs> maybe. 
Uh, but Adam Warlock is the same way. I think his costume needs to be more reflective of his attitude rather than, hey, this is what Marvel costumes always look like. Yeah, I think they so. They all too. go to the same tailor, apparently. According to Rob Liefeld. You got your me. Buddy. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I mean, it looks good, though. It looks really good. I'm curious where it's going to go. I'm curious where the story is going to go. I'm also curious what's going to happen now that James Gunn is officially kind of moving over to DC as... What, he's like the head now? He's like the Kevin Feige yeah, of DC. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. I mean, I don't know that we'll get Guardians of the Galaxy without James Gunn anymore. It'll be interesting to see what James Gunn is able to do if he's going to maintain a comedic tone over his overarching um, vision because uh, Suicide Squad wasn't that big of a hit for them. It was curious that they, yeah. Yeah, So, it, but I think they recognized that he did so much for Marvel. But part of what he did for Marvel, I think we're seeing being undone now in these recent phases. Like we were saying, you know, Guardians was the one that really just nailed that comedic tone with the epic adventure. And then it maybe was perfected in Thor Ragnarok. But then by Thor Love and Thunder, yeah, like too it's much. no longer working anymore. Yeah. So um, I hope DC and James Gunn don't try to stick to that old tired formula um but he's very talented so i'm curious to see how he would handle these types of characters yeah i'm curious too so anything else you want to say about the holiday special it's fun and that's what it all comes down to christmas movies are supposed to be fun people aren't supposed to like die and like stuff like that Uh, people always die in christmas movies first of all yeah you're right (laughs) but it's supposed to be about coming together and i think this movie does that yeah so um we hope you've enjoyed this Uh, review of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special and that you will stick around for next week's Geek in the Streets holiday special. Yeah. I don't know why I paused like I was trying to come up with a good name. It's Gits holiday special. Gits holiday holiday specials. Gits (laughs) holiday specials. Stop. (laughs) Rumor has it that there might even be a new theme song that goes along with that one. Ooh, you just put the pressure on yourself because you said you might not be able to get it done. So they're going to be really disappointed if it's not there. Yeah, because we got to put this out real quick. I'm not going to be able to edit it out if I don't make it. Yep. Uh Uh-oh. See you next week. Oh, uh, we've been the nerds and now you're in the herd about Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I already did that. Oh, you did? Maybe not in those exact words. Okay, bye. The Geek in the Streets podcast can be found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Find us. Now.